This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. You're listening to Keep Screaming, a horror podcast from two best friends dissecting slasher movies one by one. My name is Ryan Larson. And my name is B. McKenzie. Every two weeks, we will bring you a brand new episode where we dissect a slasher film from top to bottom. We will look at the movie as a whole, going over the story, the casting, music choices, go kill by kill, and then rank it on how well it succeeds as a slasher film. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ScreamingCast or by searching Keep Screaming. You can find me online at B not B, that's B-E-E, not B-E-A, and Ryan at Ryan Larson. This week, we are dissecting 1992's Dr. Giggles, directed by Manny Cotto. But first, our pop culture check-in. For new listeners, our pop culture check-in is a chance for you to get to know what we've been watching, reading, and consuming outside of our movie this week, as well as life updates. Um, For... Returning listeners, um, thanks for sticking around. We took a little bit of a break to prep for our new season, and we are all prepped and ready to go for this year. And if you are just now jumping in, um, as we just explained, um, this is our little pop culture check-in where we talk about things that we've been watching, reading, um, monumental life updates, things like that. Um, I have been doing... I watch a lot of movies, (laughs) and I, I mean... I feel like I still have bl- quote unquote blind spots because there's still everybody like, does. Yeah, there's like one trillion movies. Yeah, to watch. exactly. And I like I feel like when you look at a list of like the most important movies ever, like I've watched a good chunk of them, but um, I've been trying to rewatch less and watch more new like new to me movies, which Sorry, is hard. Story of our lives. Yeah, which is hard because B and I are both are like habitual rewatchers. And, like, I'm also a comic book nerd, so when, like, comic book movies come out, I, of course, love to be like, oh, the new Batman's out, so I'm going to watch all of the Batman movies. Even though you've seen them a hundred times. Exactly. Um, But I've been trying to do that, so... um, What were some of the big ones I just did? Not, like... Well, the the big, big one, like, big, it was, for me, Saving Private Ryan. Which, Mm. um, as a Spielberg fan, was something people always were like, how have you not seen this? Um, So depressing. That's why I hadn't seen it. Because war movies, uh, I have to be in a very particular mood to be able to get through a war movie because I know how depressing they are. So I have to be in a very, very certain mood. And I was scrolling, and it popped up. I think it's on Amazon or Max right now. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna finally do it. Um, and it's an amazing movie. And it's, it's really I mean, good. it's just, it starts you off like right. Yeah. That whole beach scene. Yeah. I was like, you couldn't relax for a second. No, it's, I watched that when it came out, ugh, it's and intense. I just remember like being rocked for it. And I mean, what year did that movie come out? I was pretty young. Oh yeah, you were definitely young. Yeah, because that was like ninety seven. I want to say ninety eight. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to think if I watched it when it came out or a few years later. I was young. Um, ninety eight. I would have only been six, so I probably didn't watch it right when it came out, but. Not when it was after. not long after, like yeah. probably nine, right. ten. Um, yeah, and it definitely 
that movie rocked me. I've only seen it a couple times. Uh, it, I probably will only see it maybe one more time yeah. because it's heavy. Um, yeah. World War Two. I mean, all war movies are very heavy, but it's intense. It did make me... It was one of those movies, though, that like I... Because I really love Spielberg and when I think of his seminal works like Jurassic Park and E.T. and Jaws, I was like, this is also one of those because, like, it's a fantastically made movie, um, especially for the time. Um, I just, like, I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, I get why it gets the accolades that it does, and it's also one of those things that just, in my head, once again, cements Spielberg as, like, one of the most important directors of ever um but yeah, i mean it made 482 million dollars in 1998 yeah and, and it it's a, a and it's war a movie yeah. hour long war movie yeah um so that was like my big blind spot and then my kind of smaller one was the movie society the horror movie by brian yuzna oh i haven't seen society either it is fucking wild um it is body horror and yeah. the first two-thirds of the movie feel like um like straight up like college hijinks like porkies almost interesting like it feels like like porkies or like you know american pie but like it's common in horror movies right but it's like the whole first two thirds and then like weird stuff starts happening like there's always like this underlying weird current of things happening amidst all the like nudity and like pranks and stuff and you're like that's weird and like then the third act hits and it goes full tilt totally insane body horror um, it's like gooey. Bobby came out. Um, I'm staying with my friend Bobby right now, and he came out while I was watching it. <laughs> He's like, to me, what Ben is to you. Because every movie I watch, he always comes out during the, like, the, the worst part. part. And he came out, and he just said the same thing he always says to me. He goes, You watch some weird fucking movies, man. And then he just like walked away. <laughs> um, it's a curse. Yeah. it's. Um, but I definitely understand why people love that movie so much because it is totally bonkers. Um, and because of like the screwball antics and like, but like it, it does it very well. It doesn't feel out of place. Like when it switches, because the whole time Yuzna is like very like intelligently dropping in these hints of like something fucking weird is going on. Mm -hmm. And so like by the time it finally happens, you're like ready for it to happen. So, and it's also just like a really interesting take on the upper upper class um and so it's like you know it is a social commentary on that as well um and that's on shutter right now um so if you haven't checked it out i suggest checking it out while you can um because that one is it's wild but it is a lot of fun and i definitely enjoyed it um and then the other thing i've been doing i've been trying to read more and I don't have a lot of books right now. I do want to like start getting into books more um, again, but I've been reading a ton of comic books. So for anyone unfamiliar, Marvel has a service called Marvel Unlimited where it's all of their comics. It's everything they, almost everything they've ever published and it's up to date. It's just three months in the past. So, oh, I was going to say, does yeah. that include new issues? Because you used to go to the comic I book store. I used to store. have a pull list, yeah. Yeah, and go... All the time. Yeah, I used to go, I had weekly pull lists, but as much as I love comics, they are incredibly cumbersome. Um, You have to store them in long boxes. They're heavy as shit. I don't really reread them um, unless, like, there's a few runs and things that I've reread over time, but it's not like I'm rereading them all the time. So I think Marvel Unlimited is totally worth it. Um, And 
um, they update every Monday with like the comics from three months ago, and then they're also still just updating their archives because they have you know literally at this point eighty years worth of comic books. Right. Um, but every like anyone who's familiar with comics knows like comic, especially Marvel and DC, do this like. It's kind of a soft reboot of their universe. They do it every couple of years so they can bring on new readers. And so it's like they don't reboot their universe, but they kind of reset all of the lines of their comics. So every new every comic gets a new number one. So people can jump in and then because they found it was intimidating to be like, Oh, Spider Man number seven hundred and ninety nine. Oh yeah. Like, I'd be like, know uh no, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know where to start. Um, and so they realized like that was a deterrent to a lot of like new comic book goers. They felt like they were like missing a lot of content. So every once in a while they'll like do a reboot line. They just rebooted, I wanna say twenty twenty, maybe twenty nineteen. They just did like kind of their soft reboot. So I put the time in and I caught up on everything, every title they were putting out. Um, and so now I'm fully up to date on Marvel. What are you reading them on? Like a iPad or? I was on my phone. Um, their web browser app is trash. It's mm. like horrible, but now I'm on an iPad and the yeah. iPad is perfect. Yeah. That's how I've read. I'm not a massive comic book person. Um, I've read Ryan's bought them for me and recommended them for me and everything I've read. It's just one of those things like Ryan and I both have a lot of interests and so it's one of those things I just honestly kind of forget about, but I definitely have quite a few that I, I've loved, mm-hmm. especially um, not more like the Marvel DC stuff, but more of like the one-off ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gotten the EPUB ones yep. from the library. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like perfectly made for iPads. Mm-hmm. It's it feels so like nice. A yeah. It it's the like right the size. Perfectly. Yeah. It's so bright. Mm-hmm. Like you get all that color. Um, and so ever since I switched to the iPad, I've just been burning through comics. Yeah. Um, but like, it took a while. I would say actually, it's probably been about three months of like investment, but like kind of just every night before I go to bed, I'm like, okay, I'm going to read an issue or two. And then there are nights obviously where I'm like, okay, I'm going to read 30. (laughs) Um, X-Men just did a reboot line where they like, right now X-Men's really hot in the comic book world. So they have like. I want to say there's 15 or 16 X-Men titles out right now, um, which is a lot. But I caught up on – I'm fully caught up on absolutely everything Marvel right now, and I feel – That's insane. Really good about it. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, not Star Wars. I don't – they own Star Wars, so they also publish Star Wars comics. I'm not reading those because there's also a lot of Star Wars comics. They own, like, they have the rights to a lot of, like, Warhammer, so I don't, I don't read Warhammer. They have the rights to Star Wars, obviously, because they own Star Wars now, or Disney owns Star oh, Wars. Oh, I was like, yeah, Marvel, Marvel owns no. Star Wars. I'm like, no, no, duh, be Disney yeah, owns Disney Marvel. Owns and then Disney owns Marvel, yeah. yeah. So, like, that stuff I, like, stay away from because it's just too much. Um, there's a couple Star Wars comics that I've read here. Well, and yeah, there. and it's not like you're a big Star Wars fanatic. I just never have been. If yeah. they put out a Star Trek comic, maybe. Yeah, um, exactly. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, for anyone who's a comic book, DC has their own as well. Um, DC's is even more up to date. I want to say theirs is only behind by six weeks, so it's like a month and a half. Probably an incentive. Yeah, um, they're both nine ninety nine, and it's oh, that's good. It's pretty cheap for it's like, and like I said, for for two comic book lines that have eighty years for their content, like they have a lot. I mean, when I originally got the Marvel Unlimited like years ago. I, rem- I was, like, determined to read all of the original X-Men comics. There were, st- at the 
at that time there were 700 of them and I did, but I was like shocked. I was like, Oh, all 700 issues are on here. And that they have that for like almost, there's a few things that they are still filling in the gaps. Um, but like, you won't really notice unless you're like super, like super nerdy and in the comics. Cause like I go on and I'm like, why is it night stalkers on here? And I'm like, cause no one knows what the fuck that is. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be sooner or later because like as Marvel gets more popular and certain characters gain more popularity. Right. They're going to want to push that content. Night stalkers is all about blade and Morbius. Both those movies are coming out in the next like couple of years. I mean, Morbius supposedly next month. Um, so, they so they'll, say. they'll put the yeah I know I <laughs> so they'll put it on there um, but yeah so that is what I've been doing to try to read more I know all the <laughs> oh the horror uh, community is very much in for the most part into physical media um, which as a graphic designer um, as somebody who obviously really appreciates art and. I do love physical media, but I've really, really stepped away from it. Yep. Um, I pretty much only purchase physical media if it's something I know I'm going to rewatch or reread often. Mm-hmm. Um, and even especially with movies, um, I just buy them digitally. Um, and, you know, they're saved in my iTunes, which is literally on my TV, on my laptop, on my phone. Like, there'd have to be, like, you know, always something can happen, and I get that. But um, also something can happen to your possessions. Yeah. <laughs> and me, at this point, it's about space. Well, just, yeah, it's like, about space. You I know, I live space. in a 900-square-foot house with two dogs, a cat, two kids, and um, my partner. So it's it's a lot and i just don't have the room i've donated all of my books i pretty much exclusively use the library um and it's amazing because i read a lot and i read so much more um because i'm not hindered by this this need that i have to go buy a book Mm -hmm. or i have to physically go down to the library um when i finish a book i pop on my phone and I see what else I have checked out, or I then go to see what else is available for me to check out. Um, It's a really wonderful thing about technology. I asked for a Kindle for Christmas. Um, I have an iPad Pro. Um, It's 12 inches, so it's not comfortable to read with. It's nice for comics, for Mm -hmm. exactly what Rai said, it's really bright, but it's just not practical for reading. Um, books, also, it's just, awkward I've to hold. Found, yeah, it's too big to like. I've always found with iPads, at least the iPads I've had, um, they don't feel like a page because the dimensions on them. So I always feel like I'm reading like an article, right? Um, because yeah, so like I do think like the Kindle and in even the Nook, I don't think that exists anymore, but when it was around, like, was oh, that Barnes and Nobles, yeah, huh? Or properly like made for, yeah. for a book. Yeah, I got a Kindle Paperwhite. It's super easy on the eyes. And I haven't physically, we've talked about that before, I haven't physically read maybe one book a year. Um, and then I usually average 20-ish audiobooks a year, which is probably not that much to some people. But um, And last year I read 34 books, um, which was my goal. What my goal was 24. I wanted to read two a month. Um, and this year, um, I have my Kindle now. So I've already read two books physically, which is like massive for me. 
Um, and then I'm, you know, listening to a few. So right now, um, I'm listening to a book called Three Women. Um, I've been making an effort to, to consume more design podcasts, uh, more things that help inspire me to create. So I feel like I was getting in a, a really bad rut where I wasn't really connected to like the the designer side of me and anything I did for design was just because it was a job and not because it's something I'm truly like passionate about and I want to step back into that and so I went back to some of my design podcasts and there's a really good one regardless of if you're a designer of any type um it's called design matters uh it's it basically invented podcasting uh it's been around for 14 years uh it she genuinely influenced the podcast market Uh, she was uploading these episodes onto itunes um at because people are like oh that'd be more convenient for me to download it to my ipod Mm. and then uh it kind of took off um it's uh with debbie millman and she interviews all types of you know creatives and people um and writers and it's it's a really a highly highly recommended um it's called design matters by debbie millman she has a lot of incredible guests on um one of her guests she's doing a best of series because she's coming out with a book this month which is um like a beautiful coffee table book um of called design matters and it's bits and pieces of interviews that she's done over the last 14 years. I haven't gotten a hold of the book, um, but I really want to. Uh, But right now she's doing the podcast every single week. It's coming out with the best of. So it's picking some of the most um, prominent episodes, some of the episodes that are featured in this book. So I've been going through and listening to all of those. And wow, I just have been so inspired by so many different people um, and already been exposed to so many different types of artists. Uh, one of the women that was on there was, uh, Lisa Tadeo. Um, and she has a book called three women that I started and I'm currently halfway through it. Um, it's a nonfiction book about, um, women and their relationship with sex and sort of what that looks like. Uh, she spent years working on this book. She's a journalist. Um, she lived, uh, in the same town as, uh, each of the women that she features in this book, uh, to really get a grasp for their situations, uh, their, their background, how their environment shaped their experiences as women and their relationship with sex. Um, it's just cripplingly hard to read sometimes. All of them have suffered, like, sexual abuse of some time. So, like, big, big trigger warning. Um, it's not light. It is incredibly well-written and so just captivating like even normally if something's hard for me to read I have it takes me a really long like if the subject matter's rough it takes me a really long time to get through it and I'm always happy I read it but sometimes it'll take me like a whole year to get through it and even though the subject matter itself is hard the way she writes it in her words I just I just want to hear more um and I'm listening to the audiobook on this one um 
So very good. Um, so that's kind of two of the things I've been getting back into my design podcast, which has then led me to um, some really great um, artists, including this this author. Um, so I'm reading that. I'm uh, been watching a ton of TV. Um, we powered through the new Reacher show on Amazon Prime. We loved it. We like Ben and I both instantly texted Ryan. We're like, you need to watch this. It's so good. Um, so pleasantly surprised. I wasn't expecting much. I haven't really gotten into any of the Amazon original content. Um, I've tried a few things. I tried the um, Jack Ryan show. Um, we've tried a few things and, and none of them ever quite. I watched um, Mrs. Maisel. I watched like the first season of it. They, I know they have some very well-beloved shows. Just nothing has ever really captivated me. And this is nothing like... You know, love you know, Maisel? I love Maisel. Um, it was fine. Um, just wasn't for me. Um, I'll just rewatch Gilmore Girls. Four, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's so fun. It's very violent. Uh, it's funny. It's just true like popcorn tv i was so sad when it was over i was already wanting more um i'm hoping a second season comes out um but we really liked that um i don't know if anybody watched doll face on hulu um the first season came out in 2019 and the second season literally just came out i think last month and I powered through that and loved it even more so than the first season. Uh, it was really appropriate because this whole season was about like turning 30 and these expectations you have on yourself about where you should be in your life and your career. And I turned 30 last month and um, I've definitely put a lot of pressure on myself about where, where I am in my life in the last few years. Um, so it was just kind of nice to see that reflected in in um, in the media I was consuming. Um, I feel like there's a lot euphoria. Yeah. Oh my lord! What a, uh, what a season of euphoria! Another show that takes forever to come out. Yep. Um, but this season just like far surpassed anything. Um, I thought it was even better than the first season. Um, it's just really. I was telling Ryan, it's not even, and you know, there's the critics of Euphoria, and and I and I get people's concerns that it's graphic content by adults playing teens for adult entertainment. I get that that's um, slightly problematic, and I'm not, I'm honestly not quite sure what the answer to that is, and if it if it needs an answer, I'm I'm not sure my thoughts on that. Um, but as far as art, as far as um, watching something that is truly just a piece of art, it's Euphoria. It's so beautifully filmed. I think the storytelling is just the so storytelling unique is to television. so unique, especially to television. It's something that like feels movie esque in every single episode, and I think that's but like they're all different movies. Is yes, the best part is it just feels so like. Yeah, it just especially this season. Mm -hmm. I feel like, see, I really like season one, mm -hmm. um, but this season I feel like it was just the next felt more comfortable yeah, and to was, take the risks to, he wanted to is, take. Was more okay with taking risks, exactly, and honing into his style. Which, when you're a showrunner, 
Like you have the ability to do that. It's, you know, it's your voice guiding the show. Um, and I feel like, yeah, he just got comfortable and, you know, his producers and HBO are probably like, yeah, go ahead. The first season was a smashing hit. Do whatever the, f- just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it was incredible. Um, if you watched it the first season and haven't gotten around to the second season, or if maybe you weren't as crazy about the first season, like it really is some powerful storytelling in every way possible. Um, acting, storytelling, the just the cinematics of it um are just really great so it's just nice there's a lot of good tv out right now um and uh yeah bless bless the streaming gods oh yeah oh watch uh, peacemaker there i'll just throw that yeah out. peacemaker is really good on hbo i mean i feel like every string hbo's killing it i oh, mean they really are yeah i like if I think if there's any streaming service I can recommend uh, for TV specifically, it's it's HBO for that sure. Would be mine like, for sure. yeah, yeah. old content, yeah, but the new stuff. I mean, Mayor of East Town, um, The White Lotus, uh-huh. uh, Euphoria, Peacemaker. Um, Peacemaker. I just started Winning Time, the Lakers one. Oh yeah, I forgot that that came one out. Episode, but it's yeah, very well done. Like, uh, very, the Righteous well done. Gemstones. Yep. Um, I mean literally you could go on just pick uh insecure um such excellent tv on there um and some not some okay stuff but (laughs) so i'm looking at you sex in the city um you can skip that one but yeah it's it's uh, a beautiful time to uh be a tv lover and that i am already forgot that came out yeah that's fine (laughs) Alrighty, so we are doing a 90s slasher for our first episode of the season, and it is a first-time watch for both Ryan and I, which yep. is really exciting. That's not something super common. Nope. Um, either we've both seen it, or at least usually Ryan has seen it, um, but you know, 92, my birth year. Um, happy 30th to Dr. Giggles. Yeah, oh, um, holy crap. Yeah, this, this October, it'll be 30 years, October wow. 23rd. Okay. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, my, what, 10-month-old little booty was not at the movie theater to see this, but maybe <laughs> some of you were. Um, so in 1957, Evan Rendell flees after his father is lynched for killing multiple patients in his effort to find a replacement heart for his ailing wife. After 35 years, Evan escapes from a mental institution and returns to town for revenge, killing off residents one by one. When Jennifer and her friends break into the Rendell house out of morbid curiosity, Evan notices Jennifer has a heart condition similar to his mother and decides to make her his final victim. What did you say the date was? Sorry, we had the wrong date in there. 92. October 23rd? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so like we said, released October 23rd, 1992. Um, couldn't find a budget on this one, but it made $8.4 I, I just, I can't imagine it cost a lot, but also... The 90s were a weird time. Yeah, they were. Sometimes I look back on these budgets on 90s mm-hmm. movies and I'm just flabbergasted. Yeah, like, just, I'm like, what? How did this movie cost that much the money? The only thing I can see saving this movie money was like there were no big name stars, which a lot of the time in those 90s movies you'll see like one or two names attached right. to it. And even though it's like, you'll look at a movie, because there were some movies from the 90s, you're like, it's a drama, it's like up, it's a drama about a family in Georgia or something. And you're like, why did it cost? 
forty million dollars. Yeah. Um, but it and also like they big names or something. And they were just fucking throwing money around. Seriously, like yeah. 90s for sure when i look back on some of those movies i'm like oh they didn't give a fuck they're just throwing money around i feel like like the mid to late 80s to like the mid 90s was when like hollywood really was just like here you go well Um, it was really before like home video i mean 92 like the home video was really just taking off and so I'm trying to think of like a movie similar that maybe like I could find it, but I wonder if the dentist because that feels no no budget on that. Yeah. Like there's a lot of these like society that when I just watched nope that was '89 and it's like it's got yeah can't find budgets on yeah. any of these movies so I do not know but yeah uh, I mean maybe 8.4 so like like I said normally my gut would be like oh it probably like made its money back or like maybe it evened out or something um but the 90s are yeah an interesting era so i, I don't yeah really if this know. movie was made today i'd guess it had like a two million dollar budget for real yeah, yeah. incredibly low uh-huh because i mean and even though the kills are pretty cool they're still like low concept oh low yeah budget. there's nothing in this movie <clears throat> where i'm like yep needs lots of money Mm-mm, not so. at all it it probably did fine it was a wide release for universal it's a dark horse title technically yeah speaking of comics it was a good episode to talk about comics right i just let's talk about it i was like researching it and i was like because i'm pretty like i'm decently well versed in comic books it's pretty hard to like at this point like i've I've usually at least heard of the title if i haven't read of it or read the actual comic and so when they i read and it was like it was a dark i mean i actually watched uh, watching it before i even read up on it it was like dark horse release and i was like like Dark Horse comics, so I looked it <laughs> That's up. That's what I said. I was like Dark Horse, like the comic book. Yeah, so I looked it up, and like Largo had a deal with Dark Horse to do movies, do their movies. But the weird thing about this movie is it wasn't a comic book. Um, they like had the idea to pitch it as a comic, and they decided to preemptively make the movie and then do a two-issue comic book story after. Um, yeah, because Largo had a first look deal. It's just very weird because I almost never. You do hear about it sometimes. Like it'll happen. It happens a lot now because comic book property is hot and it's huge. Right. And so, like, you'll hear about. It could it, be nobody could know what the title is, but they could be like, "Oh, it's a comic book," and people will be like, "Oh, okay, cool." Right. And also, there are creators out there like Robert Kirkman, in particular, yeah. like the guy behind Walking Dead yeah. and now Invincible. Like, I know for a fact that he will literally like come up with an idea for a comic and before it's even written people will option it because they're like it's kirkman like right. we want but like this is an era where that was not happening no um i mean this is i mean what year did blade come out well blade's late 90s yeah i mean this is still writing the high of batman which is like 89 yeah. um so it's still like writing that high so like people were kind of looking for comic book properties but like it i mean not like this because blade's what pushed off marvel right yeah well i mean that's a well and iron man well was really iron man's marvel studios blade is it's a long story but marvel was going bankrupt needed money so they sold the movie rights to for a bunch of comics but the first one they sold was blade and when blade did so well that's when other properties realized comic book movies could do well and then marvel sold off all their fucking rights which it's only in the last couple of years we've seen them get those back. Yeah. Um, but that was like, yeah, that's what happened was like big, they were going bankrupt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it is technically a Dark Horse comic. B and I looked it up. I mean, there are two issues of it. Um, 
that looks to be a like roughly a retelling of the of the movie. Um, but yeah, it's weird. It's like I said, they signed this deal with Dark Horse. Um, I don't think they made any. I'm looking at like, oh, Time Cop was a Dark Horse comic, so they did that. Um, and I think that's the only one. Yep, that was the only other one they did. What about vampires? Oh, yeah, yeah, just the two. Just Doctor Giggles and Time Cop. So those were the only two they used, despite their first like deal. But yes, it is technically a comic. If you want to find it, it looks like bad cover art, but good inside interior art. So, yep. Weirdly, somehow Doctor Giggles is a comic book movie. There we go. Um, it has 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. The consensus is Larry Drake's deranged performance as the titular doctor is just about all that distinguishes Dr. Giggles from its slasher brethren. I mean, I don't really disagree with that. No, I, I don't either. But the, I also don't see that being a negative, And we talk about that all the time. So many reviews of slasher movies are like, oh, it's the same old hack and slash. It's like, yeah, that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, considering that most of the movie is just him killing people, like, if he's giving a fun A good performance, performance yeah. Then, like, that works for me. Right. Um, and, yeah, I thought his performance was was very good. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked it. Um, and then, you know, it's funny, watching this movie now for the first time, it feels much more like those, you know, low-budget movies we've covered, like Lover's Lane, where you can't find any information on it and nobody's talked about it, where this was a wide universal release, um, which feels strange. And so Variety, The Washington Post, The New York Times, like, they all covered, they all reviewed the movie, um, which is funny, Um I, I would not have. I did not guess that um, before I went to do the research after either. watching it. Because there's feels, no part of me that thought that. No, it feels like one of those like cash in straight to yeah. video '90s horror movies yeah. that like we saw on the shelf so many times exactly. at the rental store. I mean, I specifically remember seeing this mm-hmm. on the shelf so many times. Me too, and I never picked it up because I just assumed it was you know some low fare like. Ah, no, I'll get around to that. Like, there's a lot of other stuff for me to watch. We're going to watch Pinocchio's Revenge. We're going to get there. Don't worry. It's going to (laughs) happen. It's going to happen. Variety, I mean, you know, nothing nothing nice is said. I mean, Variety said it's wildly uneven. True. Um, More care in scripting and fewer cheap yawks could have resulted in a viable new paranoid horror myth. I think Variety was asking uh, for a lot from this movie. Yes. <laughs> a viable new paranoid horror myth. Mm, it's they were a, wanting it to be Candyman. I guess, yeah. This movie is literally like based on puns. Yeah. It, it's, I, it's almost like someone was like, what profession can we use for a ton of puns? And they're like, doctors. And they're like, perfect. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a good like writing session right there. Yeah. They like were bouncing just like, off ideas. They were probably like like dentist. Ah, uh, already been done. Who's really popular? Freddie. He makes puns. Yeah. Who else can make puns? Yeah. Yeah. Doctors. Doctors. They have knives. Um, Vincent can be criticized the script in the New York Times, saying the screenplay is stitched together from variations on cliches used by or about the medical community. Correct. 
Also true. Also, also true. Also weird stance to take on a movie that's obviously not trying to say anything about doctors, but no. I feel again a lot of these reviews are approaching this movie from a, <laughs> a, a level that I feel like the movie wasn't really. I feel was like, it going for? I feel like someone. It, this is like someone from the major league scouting a college team and being like, they're really not up to snuff. It's like, yeah, they're not supposed to be. They're college. They're not major league. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they're treating it like this is like some Oscar bait movie or something. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know about what? that. I got to look at like what was coming out around this time. October that, of 92. What was setting the bar for horror? Uh, I guess Silence of the Lambs had just hit. So. Yeah, which is a very... Yeah. Wait, what's the word, everybody? Oh, elevated. Oh, yeah, it's like, so what's that, that trigger word? Yeah. Um, Washington Post, um... Oh, and then Bram Stoker's Dracula and Candyman were both 92. Yeah, I knew Candyman was. That's what, that's what that review feels like. Like, yeah. oh, paranoid horror myth. It's that they were wanting this to be, yeah. like, a Candyman. Yeah, there was definitely some, like, top-tier, like, horror. prestige yeah. horror coming out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just all pretty much the same. Time time again for punchlines, um... Gives way to a few nicely nasty moments, but it never tops the visual flair of the opening credits. Audience polled at cinema score, average of C+. Yeah. I mean, that's cinema score is better than the reviews were giving it, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, none of that surprises me for the time and everything. So speaking of this poster that Ryan and I, or this poster, this box art that mm-hmm. Ryan and I have passed many a times in our in our life in the last thirty years that we've seen this, um, it's I'll tell you what I like first. So I'll post it um, anytime we talk about the poster art. Uh, you are welcome to uh, Google search it, and it's usually going to be the most common one that you find is usually the theatrical poster. And then it's always going to be on our website um, with the episode as well on um, on our socials channels. Um, but it is the eyes of Dr. Giggles himself in the top of the poster, and then his mask makes um, a nice background for a new prescription for terror, Dr. Giggles. And then his mask sort of goes transparent and it roads into his house. And then you see his full body with his medical briefcase and a shining knife behind his back. I actually, it's funny, I actually really like a lot about this poster. Well, I mean, I know one thing you appreciate is it's our real killer on the front. It is our real killer. Um, It's a combination of photography and illustration. So does a really good job of, of melding um, these two ideas together. I think it's composed really well. And I can tell you right now that I've pinned down why it looks cheaper and doesn't look as good as it should and is probably why we passed it up. The typography for Dr. Giggles is done to look like it's metal um the r comes out and the leg of the r creates a knife and there's like a blood splash on it but we are talking like three-dimensional beveled type uh with like a gradient on it to appear like it's shiny metal and it just looks cheap Mm -hmm. um if that typography if that uh you know logo type that they created for dr giggles was done better 
um, I think it would have elevated this poster to a place where it it fit more in line with something like being a universal wide release film. Um, because I think the art itself, if you take away the title, is is actually really good. Um, there's a tagline at the top. Um, so there's two of the taglines on the poster, which I think is so appropriate for this movie. Um, if you're from more high and you get sick, fall on your knees and pray you die quick. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, it's I just, it's so good. Um, so yeah, I mean, what do you think, Rye, of this poster? No, I think you're, you nailed it. Like, I think it draws you in, but then it pulls you out because you're like, it's the same reason I never rented it, right? Because I looked at it and I was like, oh, that looks interesting, but it looks schlocky and cheap. Yeah. Like, it, it it's like, sell, it's like selling you on it being cheaper than it actually is before you even watch the movie and like even knowing this poster so well in my mind when we decided to watch this even knowing it i was shocked when we went in and watched it's by no means like a high budget movie no but like it is very well made competently made yes Um, i was shocked when i watched it i was was not expecting this whatsoever um so i think you're 100 percent right because that is one of the things that probably and you don't even realize it when you're looking at it but like i mean look at that right there yeah no it looks like a look how much creepier that poster is look how much better that is he's blocking the 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 type yeah. yeah no it looks what's funny is when you block it it looks like yeah it looks more like it looks like Darkman or something, um, which is funny because Larry Drake is in Darkman. But um, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It just totally kills mm-hmm. uh, any of the atmosphere that the movie has. That's just the like that that right there just screams nineties, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, but it just it just takes away. Honestly, if this got, I mean, it, it probably has because it's available everywhere. I think there is a Blu-ray of it. There's a blue. They didn't. But if it. somebody were to like redo this art, you know, f- who was always doing that art, Scream Factory, like they wouldn't have to touch the poster. They just leave it the same and just Jeez. give it new a new title treatment, mm-hmm. and whew, it'd be a beauty. Yeah, it would I be totally a beauty. Agree. Um, these taglines. Perfect. Oh my god, they're so good. Uh, yeah. I mean, this one, sorry, the doctor is insane. Oh. It's just perfect. And then on the opposite spectrum. Uh, yeah, the doctor is out of his mind. Oh my god. It's so good. I don't know why, but it genuinely makes me feel, like, warm and fuzzy on the inside. I just love a good pun. I miss these kind of taglines. Me too. We don't get them a lot anymore. Every once in a while, we'll get a good one, but... Um, Why did they hate us? 80s, 90s was the era for for pun yeah. um, taglines. And like, yeah, we just really don't get taglines anymore. And if we do, they're so generic. Like a lot of them. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Uh, no sequels. Doesn't set up for one. Um, um, our killer dies. Our killer very clearly dies. Yeah. Um, our director here is Manny Cotto, who is a producer and writer on a number of things um like current things like or contemporary american horror story 24 dexter star trek enterprise more importantly he has directed two disney channel original movies dcoms for those of you in the know um for you millennial babies out there yeah the other me which i believe was Um, andy lawrence yeah yeah the youngest lawrence 
and Xenon the Sequel, which is perhaps one of the best titled movies it is. ever. Yeah. The fact that they just it's fully right there with embrace... Ghosts of Georgia. <laughs> yeah, The Haunting of Connecticut too. Ghosts of Georgia. I just love the fact that they embraced... They're like, fuck it. We're not... It's the sequel. We're Xenon. Well, yeah. We're just rolling with sequel. They could have tried to do some dumb shit, you know? Like, but they were just like, nah, we're gonna do it. Nah, when your pop star's name is Protozoa, yeah. like, you just gotta rock it. I love it. Embrace it. It's so good. It, that also warmed my heart. This... In a surprising twist of events, this movie really, truly warmed my heart. It also had, like, a weirdly competent and accomplished behind-the-scenes crew. It did. Um, yeah, Manny Cotto was also a writer, along with Graham Whiffler, who is probably the least accomplished head of everyone on here. Yeah, he hasn't done much. Mm-hmm. Um, he did Neighborhood Watch in 2005, which... Is not um, the watch. Correct. As B and I thought it was that Ben Stiller. Both of movie. us were like, whoa, that Ben Stiller movie? No, not that Ben Stiller movie. Um, it, it's like a low rate thriller. Um, and then Sunny Boy in 89. Um, not much. Um, the score was done by Brian May, who, as IMDb credits him as one of the most influential Australian composers. Um, this was. One of the last things he did, um, he passed away in uh, in the late 90s, uh, but he did the score for the Mad Max movies. Um, he did Freddy's Dead, which was 90... It was 91 or 92. Yeah. Right around the same time. Um, and and a few, uh, quite a few other things. Tales um, from the Crypt too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then our cinematographer, uh, Robert Draper, a bit of a horror guy himself, uh, did both of the creep shows so the og and then came back for the the 2019 2020 the show yeah oh he's doing the show yeah oh, okay cool um so the the new show um did halloween five um one of my fave sequels um tales from the dark side oh, also love that movie. yes um and then guess what we have a female editor female crew member um very exciting stacked and not only is she a female editor uh she has done so much shit uh the hangover movies the austin powers movies the 50 shades movies which if you've seen those at is like a very specific like those movies are beautifully shot and it's a very specific style and so I loved seeing that she had done these and so many other things because she obviously honed in on what the look of that franchise was to be and killed it. And it has nothing to do with any kind of like personal. And I'm not knocking cinematographers who have a look. I think that's great too. Um, but I do really love that she's kind of been all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, the new Sonic movie, which I actually really like oh, a yeah. lot. I like it a lot. Um, we got Liam into it, and he it's like one of the first live action. He's like a Pixar snob, not just a cart like animated movies only. He'll only watch high grade, like big budget animated He's movies. Like, Who did this? Blue Sky. Yeah. No. Get no that shit out of here. Basically. Uh, DreamWorks or, or Pixar or Bust. Yeah, he's he's a snob for sure. He's an, he's going to be a little film boy snob. Um, 
but he got into Sonic, really liked that. One of our favorite movies, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, mm-hmm. um, and so much more. Um, Just My Luck, Without a yeah, Paddle. She has a massive um, like, uh, filmography to her yeah. name. That was a very exciting I just find. rewatched the Austin Powers movies. We did too. They're on something. Uh, HBO. There we go. Yeah. HBO. Um, HBO. Want to be our sponsor? Yeah. Oh my God. That'd be so cool. <laughs> you don't have to do anything so give us a free account. That's yep. It. That's it. Yeah. That's, be worth it. That'd be fair. Um, so uh, our the cast is not so stacked. This is this is where we start moving into like the uh, like um, smaller. None of these actors ever really blew up. Um, Larry Drake, who was in Darkman, he's the villain in the Darkman, I think the first two, actually. Um, and then he plays Dr. Evan Rendell Jr. slash Dr. Giggles. Um, and then B and I both recognized him from a very, very tiny role in American Pie 2, where Jim is having sex with a woman, and the parents walk in, his parents and her parents walk in, and he's the dad. Yeah. Because B and I both were like... Well, B goes, I recognize this guy. And I'm in my head, I'm like, well, I don't think she's seen Darkman. And I was like, well, American Pie too. And she goes, yep, that was it. Yep. So, Isn't uh, that funny how, like, we run into that a lot um, with people who have had, like, one episodes on Supernatural, specifically Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Veronica Mars. Yeah, like, yeah. they'll, because it'll be such an integral part to the plot of that episode that they're more memorable than somebody who makes a guest appearance on any other show. Yeah. So we'll be like, God, why do we know that person? And then we'll be looking at all these movies. There'll be, like, one episode of Supernatural. We're like, oh, yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's funny. Supernatural always stands out more than, like, anything, too. Yeah. It's always, I swear to God, every single time we're, like, going through somebody's IMDb and we can't place it. We'll Nine out of ten times, yeah. there's an episode of Supernatural on there, and that's what I mean, it that's is. That's when it shows on the air for 14 seasons? 15? I don't know. What did it end at? I can't remember. I don't know. A lot? A lot. One one million episodes. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know if anything's hit that. That's I don't a know. terrible General prospect. Hospital? I don't know. You know what? I mean, watch. soaps, they come out five days a week, so they're probably really, like, a lot. A lot of episodes. 14,000. 14,000. 14,000 episodes of television. That's so much. So that's intimidating. What if you wanted to start watching no. General Hospital? That's like that show Dark Shadows. That but people, is it still on? Uh, I think Days of Our Lives is still on and... Uh, yeah, it's still pre- through present. And General... That's and it, that though. that was as of 2018. Let's see. Days of Our Lives. I think those are the only two soaps still on. I think you're right. Is Days of Our Lives and... Um, General Hospital, I think all the yeah. rest are gone. Days is at 14,241. Jesus wow, Christ. Wow, that's cool. Oh, boy. Um, our final girl is Jennifer Campbell, played by Holly Marie Combs. Uh, I distinctly remember her from Charmed. She is Piper on Charmed. And B distinctly remembers her from Pretty Little Liars, because she is Arya's mom. Yeah. What's her name on that show? I don't know, Arya's mom. Yeah. She has a name. They, she has a decent amount of plot. Yeah. Like a lot of plot. I feel like the parents in that show yeah. are more, well, especially Arya and uh, Ashley Benson's character. What is her name? Oh, I can't remember. I remember all their real names. Troyan's Hannah. Yeah, yeah Troy Troyan's parents have a ton of well, yeah. Troyan's sister too. What's her name on that show? What are all their names? Hannah. Hannah. Arya. Uh, Spencer. Oh yeah, Spencer is Troyan. And Shay's Emily. Na- 
Yeah, Emily. Okay. Look we, at us. We did it. We Good only job. watched that show for 10 years. I mean, I've only watched it once, though. So. Oh, I've watched it twice. Yeah, no, I couldn't. Uh, Cliff DeYoung as Tom Campbell, uh, who is her dad. Uh, Glenn Quinn as Max Anderson. He plays her boyfriend. Um, you'll recognize him. He was in Roseanne as... Crap. I'm blanking on names today. Not Darcy. But the other sister's boyfriend. I can't remember his name either. I don't know. I never watched Roseanne. Um, I was a huge Roseanne fan. Um, he And he was also on Angel. He's in the first season of Angel. He is That's probably where I recognized him from. Yeah, he's, he looked familiar, but not so much that it compelled me to look him up. Yeah, so he was Doyle on Angel, who starts Angel Investigations with him. And the only reason he unfortunately passed away. Um, which Did is, he? Yeah, he, he passed while they were filming Angel, which is why season two they bring in the new characters um because originally it was angel and what's her face um obviously cordy um and uh yeah that's him right just older yeah that's him yeah 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 they bring in this character i don't think i I ever looked that up yeah he passed away of oh i can't remember i don't want to say um I, can't, I cannot remember. But I know he passed away while they were filming Angel, which is why they wrote him off the show, which was really sad. R.I.P. Yeah. Um, Keith Diamond as Officer Joe Wrights. He was in um, Awakenings, that movie with Robin Williams and Robert De Niro. And now he's on NCIS. And then we have just a bunch of other. Richard Bradford as Officer Hank Magruder. Michelle Johnson as Tamara. John Vickery as Dr. Chamberlain. Nancy Fish as Elaine Henderson. Dougie Doug as Trotter. I did want to point out he is in Eight-Legged Freaks great movie um and then william dennis hutt as dr evan rundle senior so that is our uh killer's father who appears in slashbacks what the hell was his name on roseanne it's gonna drive me freaking crazy um yeah let me so sad mark oh mark yeah that's right mark mark and david those were the boyfriends the boyfriends yeah um this is a teen scream and it's a horror comedy for sure yeah that very much leans into the comedy yeah Um, this movie is built like literally built around puns like they're sure there's technically a plot happening but i swear (sighs) it's like our final girl it's weird because they do a decent amount of effort to give her a background and like an arc but it's just insignificant and like it's great she's just so boring compared to any time he's on the screen it's just like they also take like an astoundingly long time to cross cross any sort of path oh yeah yeah her specifically he's just like killing off anybody who's near the around yeah um yeah so our killer is dr giggles um his motive is his mother had a heart condition and his dad was a doctor. A doctor. And he was secretly killing patients and trying to take their hearts and replace the mother's heart. And he definitely, like, kind of lost his mind because at one point she's dead and he's still trying. Mm-hmm. Um, when the cops realize this, they basically, um, like, lynch mob him. And and he, to help his son escape, who has been helping him in his escapades, he opens his wife's stomach up and shoves his son inside and hides him in there and he comes out uh at the morgue yeah um 
It's never really explained why he giggles so much. Be- I guess because he's a sociopath. Yeah, so there's that whole scene where it's him and his dad, like, on his mom's deathbed. Yeah. Right? And then he just starts laughing. Yeah. And it gets his dad to laugh yeah. in that moment. Maybe and then it's that's... Like a traumatic... Yeah, it's... Response. Yeah, it was... Yeah. It's like... I mean, I think they were trying to say, like, that's just how he was coping with it. Right. I mean, there's, like, you know, there's people out there who literally, like, will say bad news and smile because yeah. it's, like, how they react to yeah. things, so... Yeah, and obviously, like, they're both sociopaths i mean i again i think it's one of those things where they were like they came up with a name and they're like how do we make this fit you know i was thinking too when i was watching it what a hard role to play where you have to giggle oh yeah and i was just very impressed that he did a good him in there not all the time because there's a lot of times we see him audibly giggle but there's times where he's like running and we hear it oh i'm I'm sure sure that's adr ADR, for sure yeah yeah I want to remake this movie and just have Ludacris do his verse from Holiday Inn because he has a part where he says, I'm Dr. Giggles. I can't stop until it tickles. <laughs> Swing it like a bat, but these balls are not wiffle. Hit them in triples. There's no stripes, strikes, or whistles. I ain't felt this good since my wood left off the thistle. We'll just put the entire lyrics to that song on the poster. That'll be the poster. <laughs> that's gonna I'm be Dr. Our, Giggles. That's going to be our episode description. <laughs> yeah. just, just ludicrous, ludicrous verse from Holiday Inn. Perfect. The chingy hit from People are gonna be 2004. Like, uh, that's People hilarious. are like, is this a horror movie podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is because we say it is. Yeah. Why haven't people given us money to make movies yet? Obviously, yeah. we're full of great ideas. I mean, Ludacris stars in one of the best movie franchises of all time and highest money making. So let's get Ludacris in a Dr. Giggles reboot. I think that's where we're headed here. Yeah. I think you could be down for that. I think so. There will be a scene where like, it will be like winking at the audience where like Dr. Giggles is in a club and he's killing people and Ludacris is rapping and he gets to that part and Dr. Giggles like looks up at him and he's like, oh, <laughs> and he like laughs and acknowledges it and then we move on. Yeah. yeah. I'll start writing it. Yeah. I mean, it's basically already written for it's us. It's done. It's done. done it's deal. there. Uh, our iconic weapon, there's not a singular weapon, but I do appreciate this movie's um, dedication to ensuring that every single weapon he uses a is tool. a medical tool. Because mm-hmm. we see a lot of movies that like start and then like forget. Yeah, and they drop off, and then there's nothing more frustrating than that. It's like we see. You know what? But I why? I feel like Christmas movies do that a lot. Like Christmas yeah. theme killer movies. They always start, it's like, we're strangling you with, you know, lights. The Christmas lights, and yeah. Here's like, a candy cane. Yeah, like, here's a candy cane. Yeah. Like, I feel like Santa's sleigh was, like, back and forth. Because it'd be, like, a really cool Christmas, yeah. like, theme kill. And then they, like, ran out of an idea and then at that like, moment. And Santa's just going to choke this guy. Yeah, he's going to run him over with the sleigh. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I guess that's okay. But this one, it's, like... No, it's very dedicated to, yeah. you know, this is the true, I mean... There's a lot of tropes in this movie, and this one's very true to its, like, we have a, you know, a killer with a costume and a theme, and it's all true to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it really just leans into the idea of a gimmick killer, which I love. I love, what, most likely to die did that pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it did it very well. Um no, every single person in that movie who dies, it's based on what they were voted most likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that, that's freaking great. Yeah, it yeah. was very well thought out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of times what happens. But 
like we've kind of, you know, had fun hypothesizing about this movie is like, I feel like really what they did is they sat down and like, okay, so we've got a doctor killer. It is Dr. Giggles. This is all great. What are some cool tools that a doctor uses that he can use to kill? Yeah. You know, a tongue depressor, a stomach pump. An uh, Exactly. Like thinking of all these different tools and then wrote the script based off of that. And that's, it's a fucking slasher. Awesome. Do that. Literally, slasher movies are about the kills. Mm-hmm. Oh, especially, yeah, especially that. The kills make the plot. Mm-hmm. End of story. Well, All no. the other tropes are make it more of a slasher or less of a slasher, but it's a slasher if the movie is based around the kills. Yeah. If your movie, yeah, and especially if, if your main characters are boring and if your story's not that interesting, make the kills really fun yeah. because it's going to amp up your movie. Yeah. Um, because there was our final girl, Jennifer, and, um, technically we have a few characters that make it through to the end. Her cheating boyfriend. <laughs> her cheating unfortunately. boyfriend. And her, um, her dad. Um, and she has a story. She does. <laughs> Against all odds, Jennifer has the same heart condition that her mother had, which also happens to be the same heart condition that Dr. Giggle's mother had. None of these people are related. I mean, Jennifer and her mother are, but they're not related. To Dr. <laughs> they're not related. Um, and so she has the same heart condition, which Dr. Giggles learns, which causes him to have an obsession with her because he's like, I'm going to save you now. Um, and by save you, he means like so rip her heart him. out, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so this, like, they do try to shoehorn this idea of her um, overcoming. And her mother also died on the operating table. So, like, there's this. They kind of try to slip it in there of her overcoming this fear of like going under surgery, of going under and surgery and like the whole heart condition thing. But like, and she also you know finds out her boyfriend's cheating on her and her dad has moved on. They give her a lot to work. They with really do, and she does nothing with character. it. And she's just really, she is a she's. How a, many things had she done before this? You should look that up. Oh, I can't imagine much. Like it very much felt like a. Uh, an early performance on on Miss Holly's part. Um, yeah, it's it is a lot. They're giving her all the the stuff, and just for whatever reason, just never quite clicks. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite parts is the. Oh, she's even born on the Fourth of July. Oh. Hmm. She did like four movies before this. Okay. But it's pretty early in her career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't... It's not like it was a bad performance. It just... I don't know. It just wasn't... There's just something missing with her... With her arc that just doesn't feel very satisfying. Um, I do think it's nice. I was getting a little worried towards the end that we were going to have a scenario where, like, the cop... Or the boyfriend, like, we have all this lead up with the final girl. Mm -hmm. She fights them off, and then somebody else gets that satisfaction. Yeah. And I was was getting very nervous that was going to happen. I was like, oh, this is really going to put a damper on this movie. And and they didn't. Um, She got to have, like, her moment. And, you know, it's like in the... It's in the surgery. So... This is a plot point that I was a little bit confused about. Maybe it's just because I wasn't paying enough attention. Um, But when she's there in the hospital, 
she's going to have surgery. Which time? At the end, like in the finale. she's going to have surgery. So she has that like run-in with Dr. Giggles at his house. Yeah. And then she goes straight to surgery. Yeah, I think it's because the doctors tell her that like her getting... Like scared or whatever yeah like she's not supposed to do anything strenuous oh right right so right I think okay it, like, basically put her heart compromised it to the point of like I need we have surgery. to do emergencies yeah. okay that makes yeah. sense that makes sense because like no that i forgot about that connection yeah. in the beginning where he's like you can't no alcohol like yeah. you can't do anything like, like you probably shouldn't he literally like tells her like you shouldn't go running like your heart like stay be home yeah, yeah beating really fast yeah okay 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 that makes sense and for a second when i was watching it and it hadn't clicked for me i was like she literally just got attacked and why the fuck is she now about to get operated on like what is happening but that makes sense okay i mean it it makes sense in the in In the the world of this (laughs) this movie um there it's a surprisingly high kill count actually especially for like a 90s movie yeah it's very Um, high yeah dr giggles is a maniac he Um, is a maniac 17 kills um yeah so the movie starts as so many horror movies do in in the same asylum um and we discover that dr giggles has escaped it's funny because it starts and like i thought it was going to be i didn't know first time watch for both of us so i didn't really know like he was already established as a serial killer so i was like maybe he's going crazy during a surgery right it starts with him performing yeah and like dude and people are watching, and he's, yeah. like, he's, he's actively describing what's happening. And I was like, oh, what's happening here? And then it flashes out, and they're like, he got out. And I'm like, oh, he's already. Like, yeah, and, a killer. Yeah, and we realize that he has killed a security guard, and he's performing in an uh, operating room. Um, and all of the people watching are other patients that he has let out to watch him perform the surgery. Um, and he kills, yeah, he cuts him open with... It's a circular saw slash, I looked it up, it's circular saw slash autopsy saw. And they call it that because it's what they use to cut your sternum open when after you've, after you've died. Um, after you've passed. Yeah, so we get his escape from this from the asylum. So he um, kills the security guard, he kills a nurse. It's implied he kills a nurse. He doesn't kill her off screen. It's great, though. She's, like, sitting at the table, and she's, like, <laughs> these arms come and, like, are kind of, like, fawning, fondling her, and she's, like oh dr so and so blah 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 and then like she turns around and it's just dr giggles holding the arms his arms cut off um and you know she screams and then she's killed so that's another person because it's the doctor yeah that's a different person so it's 18 kills because he killed those that doctor yeah um and then he uh, well and then he says some line about her being like naughty or like you shouldn't have like touched Every single line out of this man's mouth is a pun. It's it was impossible to pick a favorite line. Uh, this yeah, movie because too they're many. all so good. I kept thinking they're going to run out or they're going to repeat, and they never did. Yeah. So I applaud Manny Koto and Graham Whiffler. Yeah. For creating non and it's not like he has like ten lines. He has like fifty lines in this movie, and, and he, he for sure a has bit. a very specific. To the kill pun for every single oh, yeah. one of these kills I am, that's on screen. I could, if you had asked me, how many puns do you think you could get away with in the medical field? I'd be like, probably a lot. And then I watch, in watching this, I'm like, more than you could think of. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Um, he kills, um, the next he, to escape, he needs like a key card. He kills a man in the car, slits his throat um, with a scalpel to escape. 
Um, and that's when we kind of jump into our like teen plot of this movie. Right. Um, we run into Jennifer, discover, you know, school's out. They're going to a carnival. Like, I think that's the plan. Well, the plan is to go to the party. And, yeah. But, like, the carnival's in the background. But, like, we find out about her heart condition. Her mother died. Her dad's seeing someone else. She does not like this new woman. Um, and she goes out with her. They go to the party, and the party gets busted. And that's where things go because she's like, I'm just going home. Like I, She goes with her boyfriend, and they're, like, getting in a – they got in a fight because he was drinking, and she was told specifically by her doctor right. she can't drink. Yeah, and not only that, she's like, I'm just not drinking tonight. And he, like, just can't let it go for some reason. Yeah. It's super frustrating, I think actually. she's being, like, a wet blanket or something. Yeah. No, her boyfriend sucks. Yeah, her boyfriend's trash. He's the worst. I'm, like, like, really like, annoyed. Yeah, that like, he lived. Um, I'm salty and, like, about it. There's a couple parts, too, after he cheats that are still, like, it's her – I don't know. I'm, like, I'm supposed to care about him. like – Everything you've done up to this point makes me think this guy. Oh yeah, back. no. After he cheats, but then all of a sudden he finds out that Jennifer's like in peril, and then they turn him into this like, I gotta save her. Yeah. This like freaking knight in China. Yeah, and you're like, no, get out of here. Like, fuck you, man. I'm really like like, again. I'm really surprised he lived. Like normally, someone with this arc would be dead. Um, Yeah. But so their friends. That's where like it kind of. That's where like. They scatter because she goes home, he goes to mope, um, and then the rest of their friends that um, decide they're going to go to Dr. Giggle's house because it's like in Moor High, it's like, you know, an urban legend essentially. Right. I mean, they all know it's real, but like it's the local place where they go and it's like. Like it's a spooky place. Right, exactly. And so, and they. It's where all, you go to make out in a spooky place. They all think he's either dead or locked up. And so they, they don't realize that he has escaped and he's making his way home. Um, so they all go there. Um, and while they're there, there's two couples. And they're all like looking around. And one of the couples locks the other couple in a room. Um, and then they leave because they're going to go, and we'll see them later. They're very horny. They're going to go have sex. Um, and you can make out in a spooky place, but you don't want to have sex in a spooky place. Yeah. Um, every The teens in this are the most teens for a slasher because their number one goal at all points is to fuck. Yeah. Or drink. Yeah. Or both. Yeah. Um, they are the most like cardboard cutout slasher teens. They're just like, the, like the whole time these teens are trapped in this room, that they're just like she's like you did this on purpose so that i'd hook up with you he's like what are you talking about and then she's like well if you get me out of here maybe you will get lucky and he's like oh shit yeah it's just a lot of them like i can't believe you're trying to fuck me yeah but but, do you want to fuck me but we're gonna fuck yeah um dr gill shows up they're locked in the room he poisons he poisons them both, um, and we do see them later because he does some setting up of the of his some of his um, kills. Like he'll prop them next to each other, and they're like you. Every time they're shown next to each other, they have like a gash. I guess he ripped their heart out because mm-hmm. that's his thing. Yeah, he's ripping their heart out. Um, yeah, so like they all have like chest wounds because he's ripped their heart out but both of these ones he poisons yeah um and we don't really see like a sl- it's not like a slash kill they're both just poisoned and then we see them later with their chests like exposed because he does my favorite thing yeah because he sets them all up yeah. um then we get um 
our nosy neighbor, and this is where we're also introduced to like kind of the cops too. So. Yeah, we weirdly have like a lot of places because we have the carnival that's at the school. Yes, and then the teens at one point are like in the band room at the school. Yeah, and then like, and then we have the house, and then we have Jennifer's house, house yeah. and then we have this house that these kids go to. Yeah, well, I mean, Doctor Giggle's house. And no, then, the ones that they have sex. Oh at. yeah, that and it almost seems like that's Jennifer's neighbor, but like. It's unclear. Yeah, but they um, kind of make it seem like, yeah, they're all basically, the town is five houses. And yeah, and then we have our cops here, and that's um, Hank and Joe. And Joe's, like, new. He's, like, the new guy. And so I'm that's familiar how we, with the town. Right, and that's kind of how we get our backstory on Dr. Giggles, because they are called to check out this call that the nosy neighbor calls in. She's, she heard this noise coming from Dr. Giggles' house and calls it in. Because she sees someone in there. She goes to investigate and he peeks his eye through the um, peephole. And, or maybe through the mail um, slot. But he sees her and she runs off and calls cops. And so the cops come and this is where we're given like... They're basically the storytelling vessel right. of what's what happened. And McGruder tells him about how... Like, you know, his dad and him murdered a bunch of people. And then he escaped. And we eventually find out McGruder was the cop who saw right. him crawl out of the mother once they got to the morgue mm-hmm. um, and so he like kind of blames himself for some things too because like he didn't stop it's kind of like a, a loomis situation yeah yeah in a weird in a weird sort of way um so they go to investigate the house while this is happening dr giggles is just making his way making his rounds um it's like sort of explained that he like found patient files that like, uh, his uh-huh. dad had but, yeah like, and he's like basing his kills on those but that doesn't really make sense and then also like how long ago was his dad dead like i don't that doesn't make 50s. sense yeah in the 50s so like none of them would be on there so see so yeah, it's been 35 years yeah so like jennifer's not on there <laughs> she's like 17 oh. um but he breaks into the nosy neighbor's house he poisons her as well um and then she, just to slow her down and then while she's poisoned he at first uses a tongue depressor, which is a very interesting scene because I read this too. They built a giant tongue prop or mouth prop because they do an inside yeah. of her mouth a shot. POV shot. So they yeah. built a giant mouth prop for him to use for that shot. Um, he uses that first and then he puts an endoscope in her nose and shoves it up into her brain and then kills her. Squished brain. That'll do it. That will do it, yeah. Yeah, you kind of need those. Then we run into our... Um, are horny teens always love watching like sex scenes from the older days and seeing like what was considered sexy back then because he's like some brown panties oh i'll never forget <laughs> she changes out of actual sexy panties to her quote-unquote sexy panties. also stop saying panties <laughs> this is friday the 13th part two that, that's what she called them so um but this one is like okay so in this one the guy is like what's he say he's like He's like, oh, I got... He, first of all, it's his mom's underwear. <laughs> he's like, look what I got. And she's like, oh, you want me to wear those? And he's like, well, I stole them out of my mom's luggage for because um, they're gone this weekend. And he's like, I imagine my dad's pretty pissed, so you better wear them. And I was like, weird. <laughs> like, so weird. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to yuck your yum, but like, whatever you want about. But also, Ooh. for me, personally, weird. Um, and then she's like, also on board with it. And like... They're, they're like, not, I mean, they're underwear, and, like, you know, but they're not, like, particularly sexy underwear. She wears, like, a fucking, actually very, 
I didn't think it was a very revealing outfit at all. Um, Yeah, the whole thing cracked me up. And that, yeah, that is a very strange thing. One, I don't want to ever wear anybody else's, even if they're clean, if somebody else has worn them, I don't want to wear their underwear. But then, yeah, if, if Ben was like, Oh, hey, like, you, my mother-in-law was just here staying with us. He was like, oh, look what my mom left behind. Do you want to put them on? I think I'd be like, um, no, sir, no. And now I can't have sex with you for a month. Thank uh, you. I just, yeah. Uh, and I also loved, too, because she's like, well, if I'm wearing that, you're wearing this. Thanks for practicing safe sex. Teens are more high. Uh, and he goes... Guess I missed that day in gym class. Yeah, I guess I missed that day in gym class, like, of wearing condoms. Um, and there's this whole, like, scene, A too, really like, long scene. Like, where he's putting the condom on. Okay, first of all, this man has definitely never worn a condom. Like, this is... He's definitely... He's either always gone raw dog, or... <laughs> or... <laughs> Um, we should put like a warning on this episode, like the phrase raw dog is uttered. Um, I'll put that in the notes. Yeah, he's either always gone raw or like he's, this is his first time having sex because he has. I mean, both very possible. Yeah, because he has no understanding of how a condom works. I bet you he's a virgin, judging by the whole scenario. Too, because like he drops it in the toilet while he's trying to put it on, and then he gets, and then he takes it out of the toilet, and it's with a toothbrush. Yeah, with a toothbrush, and it's filled with water, and it's like full of holes. It's just like it's just leaking out. Okay, so I was confused about that too. I was like. So, I mean, the water should be coming out. Like, no, that's the whole point. He's just like, I don't understand. And then the best part, he, he just, like, throws it away and he goes, maybe she won't notice. <laughs> that's, like, sick, dude. She'll this notice. Guy, yeah, this guy's a real winner. Everyone notices. It's like that Dane Cook bit where he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, this thing just snapped into awesome mode. <laughs> like, it's just like, no, there's a large difference in feeling, but... Um, that whole bit was, like, cracking me up. Yeah, no, it was super funny. And I might get he has to be in the bathroom long enough for Dr. Giggles to, to come her, in yeah. and kill her. And that's what I just kept thinking. I'm like, oh, yeah, but, like... It's a long... It's a long time. we like, got a lot of time Dr. with Giggles that. If Giggles never showed up, that woman should be very concerned about having sex with that man. Yeah. She should be like, why did that take you so long to put on a condom? Also, why does he have to go into the bathroom to do it? Because they're teenagers. Cause they're, yeah, I mean, I didn't yeah. have sex as a teenager, but I assume that's something you would do in private. I think... I think or, like, make sure it's, like, hidden. I don't know. You're, like, awkward about your body. I for a while. Yeah. yeah. was, like, definitely, like, under the sheets. Like, I'd go under the sheets, you know? I'd be like, don't look. Or I'd go into the bathroom and come back. I yeah. definitely remember doing that sometimes. Yeah. I'll yeah. have to be a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is why teens shouldn't have sex. There's some things... That's my PSA like, for I'm, this. There are some things about being a teen that I miss, and there are some things I'm like, thank God I don't have to deal with that anymore. Yeah, I wish I was a teenager just for the pure lack of responsibilities. Yes, that's what I miss some. I just did whatever the fuck I wanted to. I wish with I could go little back to no consequences as a teen and wake my like those days where I slept like twelve hours. Wake wake myself up and be like, embrace this time because it's not going to last forever. Stop wasting days. Fill them up more. Oh, see, and my advice would be the opposite: sleep as much as you can because <laughs> you're not going to ever sleep again. <laughs> I don't have kids. I don't have to worry about that yet. Between college and kids. Yeah. Um, but he crawls into bed. This is a great scene, too, because he crawls into bed, so and Dr. Gillis is under there waiting for him. I love how this was shot, too. Mm-hmm. You know, 
This it, movie it just sh- keeps surprising you. It, it was you. shot like the bed was at least 12 feet wide. <laughs> but like, it's all like under the sheets. And it's kind of that like and... Miley Cyrus video where she's like in the bed touching yourself. <laughs> what that... video is that? Is that Malibu? <laughs> no. Oh. Um, I don't know. Look it up. Okay. I'm going to look that up. All of Miley Cyrus. All of me. Miley. All of you. Oh, yeah. You're right. It is that song. Um... But yeah, that's what it just reminded me of. Yeah, and he just uh, starts crawling in there looking for her, and uh, he finds Dr. Giggles. Yeah. So good. Um, and Dr. Giggles castrates him with a scalpel. Yeah, I mean off screen, but... Well, we see the blood. It pans out to yeah. out of the sheet, and we see the blood. So, um, yeah. And then at this point, so Jennifer has come home, heard her father fucking... Gets super bummed about that, so she leaves. And um, with she, some alcohol. Yeah, and she drops. She takes her heart monitor off and drops it in her fish tank, which her dad finds. And he's like, "Holy shit, she came home!" And like, we have. To, I have to go find her because she's needs to be wearing this. And his and girlfriend his is just, shitty ass girlfriend. Yeah, his girlfriend is just like. Basically, she's like, "Fuck your daughter," and he's yeah. like, "Wait, what?" And she's like, "She's just trying to ruin our relationship." And I was like. Doesn't really feel that way, actually. My favorite part when she was like, he was talking about like, well, her mother just died. And she's like, well, you seem to be doing fine with it. And it's like, oh my God, woman, you're fucking nuts. Yeah, she, oh, she's definitely nuts. I mean, like, I don't know. This relationship felt weirdly just sexual to me because it's well, yeah, it's all we see. Yeah, and well, yeah, exactly. And she also physically appears quite younger than him oh, yeah, yeah and you know we'll reiterate his wife just died right exactly it's that whole thinking he's know, looking for some uh, attention that, in certain places widower thing yes um so he leaves and, and then at this point um dr Gilgos breaks into that house and he kills her and he's he hooks up an inj- uh, a motor to her and he pumps her stomach. And he, what's he say? He says, you, you are what you eat. Yeah, his whole line is, yeah. It's like, be careful. Be careful what you eat and drink. You know, you are what you eat. What goes down must come up. Yeah. And he puts, like, he, he, he pumps a, her stomach and it's like. It looks like milk. Yeah, it's gross. It looks like fat and milk. And then it's like, gets all bloody. Because oh. he's like, the, he puts a tube in her mouth and it's like pumping into this bowl that he has. Um, that's quite the medical bag he has. It's it. It's got to be enchanted. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, like Mary Poppins. Yeah, Mary Poppins. Or, Potter, or uh, you reach in, yeah. and you just grab whichever thing you need. Um, That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, whatever the boyfriend's name is, it cheats Stupid on. Stupid head. Yeah, cheats on Jennifer at this point because like. There is a girl who, from the beginning of the movie, has been trying to fuck him. Right. When she sees, oh, trouble in paradise yeah, when so they're, like, definitely at the party. Passes. She's she's looking. That's that's the boy she wanted to be with yeah, for some like, reason. Yeah, they're, using a flute? Or no, it's not a, a flute. Saxophone. It's a saxophone. <laughs> yeah, it's a saxophone. She's like, Ryan, like, that's the sexiest <laughs> instrument. Yeah, he's, like, trying to teach her, trying to teach her, quote, unquote, how to play. And he's like, that's not how you use your lips. And she's like... Guess you better show me how to use my lips. But she like one hundred percent like treats that saxophone like it's his member. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's uh, not how you play saxophone. <laughs> that's not how you play saxophone. True. Maybe maybe I'm playing the saxophone wrong. Yeah. Um, 
Jennifer sees them cheating. This is well, not- yeah, because another girl gets like salty that nobody is yeah. making out with her. So she goes and finds Jennifer and That's is like, I know it's where like, he is. Randomly, they're in this band room and like you, you don't realize that there are other people here until it pans out. Like he's making out with this chick and then pants out. There's another couple oh, making yeah, out. She's just sitting and then there there's like herself. one girl alone and she's like, oh, and so she goes and tells Jennifer she sees it. He goes chasing after her. Um, and also Dr. Giggles at this point is on the look for Jennifer because while in her house after killing this, like the dad's girlfriend, he sees her medical stuff and realizes she has the same condition as his mother. So now he's fixated on her. He's, he's found his prey. Um, there's like a there's a house of mirrors. Um, it's not really clear how he kills the the girl that um, made out with Jennifer's boyfriend, but he does tie her up with using the most Looney Tunes massive band aid you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, um, I mean, and like to I... a gurney, and she like flips around while she's in the house of mirrors, and Jennifer sees her and realizes like, oh, she's dead. Um. Then, yeah, this is where we head into, um, like, the cops realize that Dr. Giggles is out. The cop that found him, like, 30 years ago um, is sees him. He, he says something. He's like, you owe me 35 years of my life or something. And the, at this point, the this is what my, like, I loved this line. It's, I have it listed as my favorite line in the movie because I just love puns and visual, like, visual puns because... The cop's like, he's yelling at him. He goes, oh, come on. Dr. Giggles goes, come on, have a heart. Because he has this woman's heart in his hands and throws it at the cop to disarm him. Um, He stabs the cop in the back of the head. uh, And then this is all, yeah. uh, Jennifer at this point is at the doctor's because now that she has her whole elevated heart rate thing, she's like, I have to have surgery. Um... And, God, she goes to the doctors twice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because this is the one where she fights him off. He gets killed. He fights Dr. Giggles for a while. Her doctor puts up a pretty good fight. Yeah. Um, but, doc- like, they stab each other with medical scissors, like, back and forth. And then Dr. Giggles pulls out one of the, like, um, reflexor, like, hammers and hits him in the knees and then the head. And then he finally pulls out a blood pressure pump wraps it around his neck and pumps it until he like suffocates um like chokes him essentially yeah probably some of the most of like actual practical effects in the movie too because his head yeah. gets like his head and his gets, veins like, pop yeah, out his veins are all big and he's like very red it's in it's um very exaggerated look for sure um they all go back to the um we didn't put the one doctor or the one cop dying in here because Dr. Giggles doesn't kill him. Kills himself, technically. But, um. No, Dr. Giggles does kill oh, him. Oh, no. Yes, another bad. Yeah. Kills himself. Um. Sacrifices himself. They all go back to. Dr. Giggles' house. Yeah, Dr. Giggles' house. And, like, this is where there's, like, a big showdown. Like, Jennifer's there. The boyfriend's there because he's chasing after her. This new cop is there, um, because he's chasing Dr. Giggles. Um, this is where he has set up all the kills. Yeah. They're all like sitting on benches in his house. It's like, it looks like a waiting room. Yeah. It looks like a waiting room. They're all like leaning on each other with their hearts ripped out. And then there's this big like scene basically in his basement where his like, uh, surgical lab is set up and Jennifer and the boyfriend escape and the 
cop stays behind to fight Dr. Giggles and Dr. Giggles uses the rotating saw on his back and while he's doing that the cop sees these like oxygen tanks and shoots them in an attempt to kill Dr. Giggles and it blows the house up. Jennifer goes back to the hospital because she still has to have her heart surgery and she's under she's literally like going under when Dr. Giggles comes in he's murdered three different doctors or nurses they're like the surgical staff yeah Yeah, they're all like the the surgical gear yeah Yeah. um and the the surgeon's like who are you and he's like i'm her doctor um and this is the one time we see him use like he's created his own medical tools that are all very like kind of medieval looking yes like like, a lot of blades Uh uh-huh and the surgeon's like like, no big deal. Like, nobody's aware that this, like, escaped, like, faux yeah, doctor the is like, out. Yeah, watches him for a yeah. while. He's like, he's oh, like, I guess oh, he is okay. doctor. Yeah. He's all, like, burnt to shit. Yeah. Um, and he uses this tool. Again, you can tell the budget was low because most of the kills are off screen. Like, yeah. We see a like, lot we don't of, actually like, see, yeah. Like, we see a lot the of the after effects or... and, like, blood. But, like, like he uses this tool. Basically, he it's two blades that he shoves into his eyes and, like, his glasses come off. And that's what we see is, like, the blades are bloody and his gla- glasses are on them. Um, but, again, this has given Jennifer enough time to escape. She traps herself in a medical closet. And once Dr. Giggles comes in, um, she, like spills some liquid on purpose in front of him and then she uses oh, a defibrillator yeah and she said she has some line too. take two and call me in the morning i think she says or something like that There's i'll look some, it up it's some really cheesy also cheesy line but like cheesy in the best way um but yeah she kills dr giggles and oh yeah she says take your medicine and she says take some of your own medicine and then uh he looks at the camera and he says is there a doctor in the house and then he dies that's our that's our movie um it is oh yeah so the all that fat all that sugar we got to start taking better care of ourselves remember we are what we eat they have a saying what goes down must come up that's the exact quote larry drake all the credit in the world for pulling these puns off with just like very he's the it's it's funny to watch because like he's it's one of the higher kill counts we have in a movie he's definitely a madman uh and going on a killing spree but he plays it all with this kind of like very it's not like even though he's giggling the whole time it's not hammy no it's very like it's maniacal but it's it feels like natural yeah which is weird but it yeah. does. It doesn't. It didn't ever feel like forced. No. It felt like that was his genuine reaction to a situation. Mm-hmm. It, it actually, that part reminds me of a comic. Where like a comic, because comic book characters obviously have a lot of them have like gimmicks and stuff, and like so you know they they'll speak a certain way, and like the way he talks throughout the whole movie is very like comic booky, where it's like he commits to the bit pretty much. Yeah. And I think that's what it is, right? You got to commit. And I think what we've seen a lot in some of the movies we've covered too is there's this disconnect sometimes between the performances and the script. Like they're in one movie and then Mm. all the other actors like Blood Rage. Like that's (laughs) such the mom in that movie is in one film and is playing that character for a movie that she's not in. 
And this feels very much like, okay, like everybody knew what movie they were in. Mm-hmm. Like he knew what this movie was and he played that character appropriately. Right. And then also, again, props to the script for not letting off the gas as yeah. far as like the gimmick kills, the pun lines. Because again, we see so many times where it like loses that steam halfway through or like it's very spotty and chooses when it wants to do that, do that. But this movie just like really fully commits as, as far as all of that goes. Um, do you have a favorite kill? My guess is it's the, the, the pump. I mean, I love that one. Um, I think that is probably my favorite kill. Um, I want to fucking hate the girlfriend. Everything that came, the few lines she said, I just wanted to punch her. Um, and then I love his line with her and the fact that he just has this, like, brings out this motor out of his medical yeah. bag. Like, it's just it's just really good, really I, satisfying, and just a really clever kill because that's, I don't know. You could have easily done this movie with a bunch of scalpel kills. And oh, then, yeah. then there's a lot of that for sure. Oh, yeah. He uses scalpels and yeah. scissors quite a bit. Um, like or, yeah, or just, yeah. The, yeah, the saw and stuff. I mean, it's a slasher. you got to use a bladed instrument. But throwing in these, like, fun, very medical kills, I think, yeah. is what sort of Using, elevated this yeah, a lot. Yeah, the endoscope. Oh, we forgot to mention the way he kills the girl, the horny girl is he's putting a thermometer under her tongue to check her temperature and then he just shoves it into her throat so yeah no i appreciate that they have some variety um i think the stomach comps my favorite too although i really love the imagery of the giant band-aid um just because it's so cartoonish Mm -hmm. and ridiculous and it's like the one time this movie really steps outside because like it's pretty grounded for how absurd it is. It is, and that's um, the one that the just one feels like off that, the wall. Yeah, it's really like it's like the fucking giant. Where would you even find exactly. that? Exactly. Yeah. Like, did he make that? Like, yeah. Um. So I kind of I, I appreciate that. It felt like a little bit Freddy Leprechaun, uh-huh. like that kind that kind of feel. Um. B and I both stated our favorite quotes. Uh, mine was the "Have a heart," and hers is the "All that fat, all that sugar." This movie has no position in the horror landscape. Absolutely none. Uh, I see it get brought up very often, actually, with the dentist, and I think it's because they're similar professions. They're both. This is I've seen the dentist. The dentist is not as much of a slasher. It's way more just killer. Um, it's like a killer movie. I guess it could qualify as a slasher, but not really. But um, th- I mean, this is hardcore slasher. Yeah. Um, I think it gets brought up more in the idea of like absurd 90s horror um, yeah. than anything else. Especially because, again, that era was either just, like, really elite stuff or that, the, like, or just, like... Or the dying ends of franchises. Yeah. You know, the end of Freddy, the... Yeah, I mean, that's The Critters end of Halloween, four, yeah. Um, Child's Play, what, three? three? at that point. Which will, Freddy's dead. Yeah. Um... It's a lot of like we. It's like when we get Waxwork Two, Amityville. It's about time, which I personally actually really love. But, um, but yeah, it's just like a weird era in horror where they just didn't really have a direction. Yeah, Leprechaun in '93. Yes, the year before. Jason goes to hell. Like we were in like the slasher was dying. Mm -hmm. Oh, big time! Yeah, and yeah. So I think it just gets lumped in with a lot of like that. The '90s is just a weird time for horror. It didn't have a direction really for a long. For a long time, it felt like um, we see a lot of like 
scream ushers and a lot of stuff we see a lot of post 9-11 stuff but that's 2000s um but yeah so it just like gets lumped in with all that stuff i think and like a lot of that stuff is actually really fun uh like i really like a lot of those 90s movies but uh, i think they've just been overlooked a lot a lot yeah stepfather three weird stuff yeah there. there's some weird stuff yeah it was a weird time the, the early 90s definitely felt like like uh established like sequels mm-hmm. where we're not talking like a sequel we're talking three or four right. or eight would you like we don't get a lot of that anymore either no we don't have a lot of franchises I mean, like, I think the long... We have universes point, now. Yeah, Conjuring. We have the Conjuring universe. But to be fair, like, to me, Conjuring and Insidious are, like, their own franchises, too. Yes. We have, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We don't necessarily have franchises anymore. We have universes that are built that uh, have another yeah, movie this, in that universe. Insidious might be what... We have four Insidiouses at this point. It's pretty good. Paranormal Activity, oh, right? God, yeah. I mean, how many of those are there? Six? Five? Uh... Four, Other Dimension, and the newest one, which was, I can't remember what it's called now. Forgotten Ones or yeah. something? So I there's can't a few. There's six of those. Seven if you count marked ones. Yeah. So Paranormal Activity is definitely a big one. Yeah. That's seven. That's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. That's um, a lot. I'm, yeah. So, yeah, there's a couple in there. Um, fun fact, Ted Danson was considered for the role, and Jennifer Aniston was considered for the role of our final girl. I wonder if she shut it down to go work on Leprechaun instead. I don't know how she feels about That's that. That's what I like. I actually haven't seen Leprechaun. <gasps> yeah, I haven't seen any of the Leprechauns. Oh, it's almost St. Patrick's Day, huh? I should watch them. I did one year when I was writing for Blumhouse. I watched all, at that point, there were eight of them. No. Leprechaun, Leprechaun 2, Leprechaun 3, Leprechaun in the Hood, Leprechaun Back to the Hood, Leprechaun Origins. There were six of them. And I watched the first six. Because I think there's seven now, right? Three, four, five, six, seven. There are eight. Which one did I forget? Oh, I forgot In Space. Yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot In Space. Yeah. So I watched all the way through Origins because it was the year after Origins came out. And I watched all in one day. Jeremy watched them all with me. I remember when you did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's Trek. Uh, the, the thing is, I one through three are very solid horror comedies. Three actually is feels very much like a nightmare on elm street movie um and then instead of embracing that they were just like let's go to space and everything to me personally never go to space down the toilet because i think four is bad don't go to space that is my other psa just don't do it don't Um, go to space yeah Jason X? No. You could watch what's fun, though. They did the Halloween Texas all. Oh, they did the requel. Leprechaun and Leprechaun Returns. Leprechaun Returns is the direct sequel to Leprechaun. But it's actually really fun. It's, like, really fun. It's by the guy who did um, Psycho Goreman. WWE Studios. Oh, did only Origins. But, yeah, they did. Because they bought the franchise off of uh, uh, one of the kiddos. Um, at the end of every episode, we do rank our movies. You can find this list at keepscreaming.com slash the dash list. Um, this is our, what movie is this? Our 81st film. So we're nearing that 100 mark. B and I just were talking about it. We'll hit five years in November of this year. Um, it's just bonkers to think about. Um, if you are new to the show... How we rank our movies is how the movie operates as a slasher, like how well it does as a slasher. It's not like personally how much we liked it. 
because um, I think B and I can both confidently say, like, we walked away from this movie pleasantly surprised. Oh, yeah. I liked it a yeah, lot, actually. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's definitely something I will be rewatching yeah, it's pretty super regularly. 90s. It would be great yeah. to watch with a group of friends. Yeah. Um, it's super 90s, it, like, like in the best way. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I was, like, watch. I just had fun the whole time I was yeah, watching it. Me I was, too. It, like, there's, the 90s was an era... As like as muddled as it was, when I find a good '90s movie, it's just such a. It's probably because it's when we grew up, but like there's just something so comforting, comforting about, about it, that yeah. era of film. Um, no, it's that. It's that even for something we haven't seen, it's just the way it looks, mm-hmm. the way they're dressed, yeah. their hair. We've yeah. just have this innate sense of nostalgia because it looks like other things we grew up watching. Exactly, and so and like. Yeah. exciting to find something new from that era that we haven't yeah. seen and be like oh awesome like i love this too well, um, yeah and granted like we said we went in with pretty low expectations but i I'm feel like even if i went in like being like oh yeah i'm excited to check that out that sounds fun um i yeah i mean i just think well, i think it really leans into what it is and it does it well um it's not perfect like you know that's like we said like it's there's not really a plot the final girl like you know she has her story and she has her arc but it's just so like uninteresting Mm -hmm. and it's you know it's not what you're here in this movie for yeah um but it's nice to have that like teen fodder um oh yes yeah this is like one of those ones where you like you're okay with your cast being just a body count yeah because they play the trope perfectly right um, yeah we always have two right we're either gonna want to spend our screen time with our killer or we're gonna want to spend spend our screen time with our final girl mm-hmm. like i don't want to spend screen time with ghostface i don't know who ghostface is <laughs> like i don't know who ghostface is until the last 20 minutes of the movie i have no interest in following ghostface around no if we weren't following sydney around in those movies those movies would not be good and so we have that, or we have something like this, where it's like, you just want to be with your killer. You just right. want to see what they're going to do next. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is, like we said, number 82. Top of our list is Nightmare on Elm Street from 84, and then uh, My Bloody Valentine from 81, and Black Christmas from 1974. That's our top three. And our bottom three are Girls Stand Out and both April Fool's Days. I mean, um, not too shabby. We have one 90s movie in the top 10. Um, we have... A lot of 80s. Yeah, a lot of 80s. One, two, three, four, five. Six of those are 80s movies. One from the 90s. One from the 10s. I'd love seeing Two from the 70s. House of... House on Story Road 10. Yeah, such a great movie. So, I mean, this is a, like, full-blown slasher. Yeah. Um, We have a themed killer. We have an event that took part in the past that then leads to our kills in the present. Um, We kind of have, like, a familiar connection. Instead of it being family, they're connecting it with, like, the heart condition. Right, right. um, Which is a way for our killer and our final girl to be connected, which is obviously a massive trope. Um, And then we have all those little ones, right? We have teens drinking and having sex, and we have have a fucking token black guy. Like, we have, 
like every we have a lot of those little ones too um i'm looking right around here maybe i put it a little but i'm looking like 33 34 the only reason i'm looking above like culprit i mean iced um ice does a similar thing with the gimmick kills i said some really really fun gimmick kills but like a lot of these remind me of mm -hmm. specifically like especially this and this hellfest and intruder both solid kills hellfest is just like a really solid blueprint but a, a technically uninteresting final girl yes All, at, although be it competent but same yeah. as jennifer here um and then, you know, Intruder is a similar thing. Don't really care about our final girl and characters, but the kills are very well-crafted and super cool. Um, yeah, so, like, I'm kind of looking right around here. I think I'd put it above Intruder because Intruder really does act like a proto-slasher in so many ways. It, it has those really inventive, cool kills that are based around the grocery store mm -hmm. and it has a lot of cool effects because of the team behind it but that's about it right it feels very giallo at times uh-huh yeah it's got that like giallo proto feel to it mm -hmm. um where it's just not quite like full-blown slasher tropes um hello mary lou that's always a hard one yeah um hellfest well, yeah, so then we get into, like, Hellfest, which it's it's similar to Hellfest in, in a lot of ways, like you said. Um, this is just a 90s version of it where we're really following a blueprint. Um, I feel like her killer is cooler, though, and our kills are cooler. And Dr. Giggles? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, so then we go up to Night School from 81, which is really Giallo-esque. Mm -hmm. um, but we've got... That's a whodunit. We've got the cop aspect like we do in this film. We've got, um, you know, a fair... I'm interested in our final girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I care about her. I care about, like, the plot of the film and following that character along. Well, because it's a mystery. Right. We're, like, following along with the mystery yeah, more. it's a whodunit. Yeah. Um, and it has, you know, all of those... fun like reveal kills mm -hmm. yeah it's similar i i would it's very similar because we actually get to see our kills or like well no we see the after effects of a lot of our kills in night school so yeah very similar low to budget this. yeah and then is that the movie oh no that's oh for a second i thought that was bloody birthday i'm like why is bloody birthday so high up there we do bloody birthday. We did for my birthday last year. Oh, we didn't like it that much. No. no. Oh yeah, I remember it. Yeah. That was a weird. This one. is happy birthday to me, which we love, which is very good and a little bit more in line with this one. With we've got that like reveal at the end. I don't yeah. know. The thing with this movie is that it has so many of those tropes. Um, with our killer. With, with our killer, but and, yeah, and with but. Like, it just the big thing missing is our final girl, yeah. girl. But we're looking at movies that have kind of weak final girls, so mm -hmm. like that's kind of the thing. Yeah, it belongs somewhere in here. It's just where I mean. I think it's really doesn't quite matter. I think it's kind of could be interchanged with Hellfest, Night School, and Happy Birthday to Me. Really, at any point, I would say I want to put it 
under Happy Birthday to me because that movie really made an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the that final kill is or that final scene is just is so incredible. And this could have done that. Yeah, it and could it, have it, done more. Yeah, with it could have done more with a lot of the plot points. They were just like just missing like i couldn't quite explain why we didn't connect to our final girl like all the pieces were there but something was missing yeah and i it, like i said i mean i don't really think it was her performance it's not like i was like oh this was bad just something was like yeah it's not like uh what's her face from urban legend oh we my god yeah where it's like she's on the screen and you're like oh my god get off like it's terrible there's there's just something off and i mean it's most it's most likely a combination of things but every all of those plot points, like our final girl, sort of the backstory and her connection with her family, the weird stuff with like her friends and her boyfriend, that final scene, like all of that stuff could have been, like was there, but for some reason didn't quite click. Right. And and could have, could have worked better. Right. And then Happy Birthday to me has the whole, yeah, I think our final girl were a little more connected because she's also like having blackout episodes. She mm-hmm. thinks she might be killing people. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm happy with it there though. Yeah. So Doctor Giggles are new number thirty-five. Wow. Way higher than I ever thought we would put. Dr. <laughs> yeah. On I was expecting list. it to be like at the bottom for I mean, sure. It's like square, almost square in the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So that is Doctor Giggles. Um, we have some fun stuff planned for this year, guys. We B and I sat down and like really took the time to make sure that we were going to do this season right. Um, and so we mapped out our entire year. Um, we are going to have some guests coming on that we're very excited about. Um, so the, we'll be working that out. We'll be finishing our Chucky roundup soon as well. Um, and then, yeah, we've got like a fun little list of things, um, for past listeners. We are going to have, um, Brennan and Aaron back on the show at some point to discuss a, uh, storied franchise with us. Um, we've got a couple seventies movies, um we are definitely looking at another franchise um that has all sorts of different timelines yeah so we've got some like really fun stuff coming for you guys yeah kind of like a mix of everything um our next movie is going to be he knows you're alone from the 80s oh yeah yeah Yeah. so if you want to prep for that um that will be our next episode uh, we're excited for that. That's going to be another first time uh, watch for both of us. It yeah. has a little known actor named <laughs> Tom Hanks in it. Um, think I think we can score. Think we can get him on. We got a connection. We do have a connection. We'll see what we can do. Right? Ask Gage. Hey, yeah. Gage, you think uh, Tom will come on to talk about he's he knows you're alone? It's like a movie he's like never talked about yeah, his Tom entire will be career. Like, did I did I do that movie? <laughs> Wait, what was that again? It's going to be like that Jack Black interview. They're like, what's your favorite Christmas movie? And they're like, "And what does he say? Oh, he says Elf. And then they're like, well, and what about the one you're in? He's like, I'm in a Christmas movie? And she's like, yeah, the holidays. Like, oh, my God, Nancy Myers. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, completely forgets he's in a Christmas movie. He's a treasure. He is a treasure. I mean, in his defense, the holiday is a full-blown Christmas movie, but it's not like home alone or no, elf no it, it, you know yeah, it's not like christmas and his plot line is like la yeah like it's not i don't even Christ- think there's a christmas centralized tree around the idea of christmas no it takes place at christmas time yeah a concept based like on the idea of christmas the people going on a christmas vacation i guess it's my favorite christmas movie though 
Mine's Home Alone. But that can tell you what how I feel about Christmas. I but, mean, I like Christmas a lot, but but that movie is fucking wonderful. And I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll be back in. Don't know when our mini shows are coming, but they're coming. Um, but and, our next, yeah, full episode will be two weeks. Yeah, two weeks, and it is He Knows You're Alone. If you want to keep uh, along, with, or, yeah, uh, watch along with us. Dr. Giggle, Giggles is pretty hard to find streaming. B and I no, have you a, can rent it. Oh, yeah, like you anywhere. can rent it. Um, and I think it was on Canopy and we forgot, which is the library streaming service. Yeah, some for some reason. The Sacramento uh, Library doesn't use Canopy. Yeah. Um, so I guess one of us has to get a Roseville library card. Well, you have a connection. In yeah, Roseville. that's true. I guess. That's <laughs> um, we have all kinds of connections. We're like really connected we're people. We're super connected. You know, um, we know somebody who lives in Roseville. Yeah. If you know where that is. They're like, where the fuck is Roseville? Cool. <laughs> it's a place they're, in California. They're, they're like, where do you live? Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, we're glad to be back. We're excited about the season. Yes. Um, and we will be back in two weeks. Until We would love to hear from you, and you can find us online at KeepScreaming.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at at ScreamingCast. And if you haven't yet, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. It helps us grow and snag great new listeners. Thanks for listening, and until next time, keep screaming!